When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Started off. Let's go. What a hot start to the road to 272 bets in 2023. We had a losing season last year. We had to get off to a strong start. And we go 11 and 5 plus 6.23 units to get the 2023 road to 272 bets started. Now, does it suck that we went 0 3 in prime time? Yes. Does it suck that we lost two straight games to end the week on Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football? Yes. But you're not going to find me complaining about an 11 and 5 record plus 6.23 units. We cashed our underdog of the week, Rams plus 200. Best bets went 4 and 1. Teaser of the week cashed. Ravens won to keep us alive in the survivor pool. We're hot. We're hot. Let's keep it rolling for week two. Now, I do want to go over a couple of quick things before we get into the week two picks. Mainly, my adventure to MetLife Stadium on Saturday night, which started off great. Uh, showed up early, an hour and a half early, love showing up to live events early, had a couple beer, had had a giant shirt on there, giving out giant shirts to fans, I put it on, had money on them, I sprinkled a few prop bets on the Giants, thought we were in for a great night, the weather on my phone was telling me the rain was going to hold off, and then the game started, the Giants had about six, seven fantastic plays, the vibes are high, by the way, Queen Latifah had the greatest uh, rendition of the national anthem I've ever heard. The lights were off. They had a huge American flag. Fireworks going off. It was bananas. The vibes were high. I was high-fiving Giants fans. And then it started to downpour. And then the field goal was blocked return for a touchdown by the Cowboys. And then the Giants had another turnover where the Cowboys returned for the touchdown. And then before I knew it, we were halfway through the second quarter and it was 26 nothing. Pouring rain out, I said, okay, if I'm going to stay, I need to go get a poncho. Tried to buy a poncho, waited in line for 15 minutes, and guess what? Oh, they're sold out. And rumors were that they were $50 each. Giants, MetLife Stadium, what are you guys doing? How do you not have enough ponchos to sell? What do you think is going to happen? You shouldn't even be selling them. You should have been giving them away. They're little plastic garbage bags, pretty much. Actually, that's ended up what, I, what I ended up getting. Uh, the uh, A very nice beer lady, a lady selling beer, uh, gave me a garbage bag to wear, a clear garbage bag. I ripped a face hole in it, thought that was going to be good enough, uh, and it was good enough for a few minutes, and then I got cocky with it. I tried to rip some armholes in the garbage bag as well so I could use my arms, and then it just basically fell apart. So um, I had to do something that I've never done at a live sporting event in my life, and that was leave the game early. Halfway through the second quarter, left. 26 nothing. Now, if it wasn't raining, I would have sat through the whole thing, of course, but I'm not sitting through torrential rain to get soaked with no poncho to watch the Giants get their asses kicked by the Cowboys. I'm not doing that. Now, I will say, if if I was a Giants fan or if that was a Falcons game, you got to sit through it. If you're a fan of the team, you got to take your licks. You, you got to suffer just like the team is suffering. That's part of being a fan. Um, I did it myself last year. Then the Blue Jays lost 15-1 to the Angels in Toronto. I was there at the game. Watched every pitch. You got to do it. 
Uh, respect to the Giants fans who did, because I came all the way home, 45-minute uh, Uber ride, back to my apartment in Manhattan, turned on the game and watched the last half because it was uh, a comedy of errors. And respect to the Giants fans, I could hear you on TV, still at MetLife Stadium, sitting there in the pouring rain, booing your team as you should have. If there's ever been a team that's deserved to be booed by their own fans, it's the Giants on Sunday night. I think that was the biggest ass-kicking I've ever seen in an NFL game. It wasn't just the score. It was sacks. It was fumbles. It was turnovers. It was block kicks. It was everything. It was a complete disaster. Um, I don't respect Giants fans who left the game because I wasn't the only one who left halfway through the second quarter. Waves of Giants fans were leaving. Yeah, gotta stick through it, guys. You gotta stick through it. I would have if I was a Giants fan or if I was... Or if that was a Falcons game, you just got to sit through it. You got to take your licks. Um, but me being, you know, a third-party observer, I think I was allowed to leave. Um, and that's what I did. I left. Um, now, unfortunately, though, the Giants have to go up in my hated team's ranking. I chirped you all last season for being frauds, which you were. I then bought in. I thought you were going to take a nice step forward this year. Um, I bet on you. I was wearing your shirt. I was pretending to be a Giants fan. And then I get treated to that. And I mean, tickets at MetLife for Sunday Night Football game, not cheap. Not cheap. So I'm down a couple hundred bucks for a quarter and a half of football where, and then I left soaking wet and had to pay another 50, 60 bucks for an Uber ride home. Um, MetLife Stadium as a whole, shitty stadium. Food was bad. It's just kind of a big block of concrete. Um, no character to that stadium whatsoever. Um, it was, it was, after the vibes were so high after the national anthem in the first six plays of the game, I've never seen vibes go from so good to so bad. It was a disaster. So now, my top five most hated teams in the NFL. It go and now goes Patriots number one, Saints number two, Buccaneers number three, Panthers number four, and the Giants number five. They've overtaken the Titans, who have fallen from the number five spot to the number six spot. I'm sorry, Giants fans, especially those of you who stayed around and booed your team in the pouring rain. I respect you. But now I'm down a couple hundred bucks. I'm pissed. I had a terrible experience. So you're in my most hated franchises list now. You're in my top five. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Um, I will never forgive you for that experience. But it'll be funny. It'll probably be a funny story eventually. But, ooh, Sunday night sucked. <laughs> it sucked. Um, but we move on to week two. Um... Yeah, I do have bets locked in for every game. I'm recording this at 12.30 a.m. Just before I started recording, the line came out for Cowboys-Jets. Uh, it moved from 3.5 uh, uh, for the Cowboys up to 7.5 now with Aaron Rodgers out. What a disaster. Uh, I know the Jets ended up coming back to win that game, but before that, I mean, if you're a New York sports fan, you just live through... I guess still living through because it's not over. Just a disastrous season by the Yankees. Mets disastrous season. You're pumped for the new season. And then the Giants lose 40-0 to the Cowboys. And then your star Hall of Fame quarterback that you just traded for in the offseason for the Jets gets hurt four plays in. Tough one. Tough, tough, tough year. Tough week for New York sports fans. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, by the way, Falcons want to know. Uh, I'll talk about them more when we get to the game, but... Ooh, 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 ooh. Great week for me in football up until Sunday night football, but I'll just I'll take that memory out of my brain. I'll just try to focus on the eleven and five record. Falcons are one and zero. We're we're alive in Survivor. Third and fourth most picked team teams lost. 
I'm excited for this week. It's a new season. Uh, I got a good I got a good feeling about this season. We've started off hot, so without any further ado, let's get into it. Let's get into the NFL Week 2 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Let's go. No, Lisa. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. More bacon than the pan can handle. All right, let's dive into our best bets for all 16 NFL Week 2 games. Uh, I do got to mention, by the way, uh, those of you who have been longtime listeners of the Bacon Bets podcast and uh, have listened to previous iterations of the Road to 272 Bets. No victory song this year, unfortunately. Uh, my rule in the past was if I hit double-digit wins in a week, I would play uh, Hooked on a Feeling. Who is it? Who? Who? who what's? Who's the artist? Who's the band there? Hooked, hooked on a Hooked on a Feeling. Hooked on a Feeling. Blue Suede. Um, unfortunately, now that I've evolved to be on YouTube as well, I can't play music or else I will get pulled off. So, um, no victory song, unfortunately. Maybe I can come up with a with a victory song I can play or I'll find some workaround for, but as of right now, no victory song. Go ahead and play hooked on a feeling in the background um, to celebrate going 11 and five. Sorry. I'll see if I can figure out a workaround for it, but let's dive into my best bets for week two. Let's see if we can go 11 and five or at least hit double digit wins again. Starting off Thursday night football. Also, I'd like to win a primetime game now. Oh, and three primetime. Three of my five losses were the primetime games. Not fun. Not fun when you, uh, lose a primetime game because that's obviously the only game that you're watching at that time. So you'd like to win those. Didn't go well for me this week. Vikings-Eagles. Um, went against the Vikings last week, went on the Eagles. But this week, I'm going to take the Vikings. I got them at plus 7, minus 110 against the Eagles here. There are some 6.5s out there, though. So if you want to bet the Vikings, take them at 7. Find a sports book that has them at 7. Uh, if you want to take the Eagles, then find a sports book that obviously has them at six and a half. Cause that is, uh, an extremely key number there, obviously. So I will take the Vikings plus seven. Um, I know that they lost to the Buccaneers outright. I know that they got upset in that game. Um, but I actually don't think they played all that bad. I think they had some bad untimely turnovers that really cost them. Um, but if you look at net yards per play, which is actually kind of ironic because, um, the Vikings kind of got Vikinged. Uh, last year, the Vikings won a ton of games like the Buccaneers won. Games where it was a one-score game, games where they mostly got outplayed, but kind of things bounced their way. Um, and then, of course, um, as, you know, uh, irony would have it, uh, as luck would have it, uh, they kind of lost the same way that they won a lot of their games last year. A game that they outplayed, probably deserved to win, um, and then lost a one-score game. So... Uh, but if you actually look at the stats, if you look at uh, net yards per play, yes, so now that we have stats to look at uh, this season, um, just a one-week sample size, but you're going to start hearing me say net yards per play. If you're a new listener, it's my favorite stat to start my handicapping process in football. It is the amount of yards gained per play on offense, subtract, and then you subtract the amount of yards given up per play on defense, and that uh, that you're left with is net yards per play. I say it all the time, but it's not the only thing you should look at because it doesn't take into consideration things like 
Uh, obviously, strength of schedule is a big one. Things like um, red zone efficiency, third down conversion rate. Um, it doesn't take into account strengths versus weaknesses, anything like that. But it's a very good starting point. And I think it uh, is a good sign of how generally how well a team performed. And I bring that up because the Vikings outgained uh, the uh, Buccaneers in week one, 5.9 yards per play to 3.6 yards per play. So they had a net yards per play of 2.3. So even though they lost, they actually played pretty well. Their defense specifically played very well. They just got to stop the turnovers. Um, and now they're a touchdown underdog to the Eagles. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction to some final scores. Um, the Eagles did win a cover against the Patriots, but I didn't like what I saw from their defense. Uh, a pretty weaponless offense by the Patriots were able to move the ball pretty well for the most part against this Eagles defense. So w with a touchdown spread, I'll take the points with Minnesota. Obviously, you're all probably screaming at me, Ian, you're going to back Kirk Cousins in primetime. Yes, I suppose I am. Uh, will I live to regret it? That's very likely. It's possible. Um, if the spread, I mean, I personally would set the Eagles at maybe a five-point favorite, four and a half, five. So I think we're getting a couple points of value here. I think a touchdown spread is, is kind of ridiculous. Um, so I will take Vikings plus seven. If it's only, if it's only at six and a half, uh, then I guess I would still take the Vikings if I'm making the Eagles in my head a five, five and a half point favorite, but I certainly don't like it as much. Uh, so try to find a seven if you certainly can. I think most books as of recording this right now are at seven. I know a couple six and a halfs are out there though. Uh, so that's Thursday Night Football. Let's get into Sunday's games. It is Lions against the Seahawks. I will take the Detroit Lions minus five and a half here against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, week two, betting on week two of the NFL, a huge thing that you got to do, or at least my strategy for, strategy for betting on week two, is don't uh, overreact to week one results. That is the motto of the week is underreact. Underreact, underreact, underreact. Now, it doesn't mean that you should completely throw results from week one, but you should still mostly stick to what your preseason evaluations were for these teams. So that is why I'm once again going to fade Seattle, just like I did last week with the Rams, because I'm not high on Seattle. Uh, now, in this case, what happened in week one lined up with my preseason evaluations, so that's perfect. That checks both boxes. So why stray away? Um from betting against the Seahawks. I set the Lions as six and a half point favorites in this game. The Lions at five and a half, um, but it is moving the opposite direction. I got a minus five and a half at minus 108, and I think FanDuel, and now I think I'm looking at FanDuel, it's minus five and a half at minus 115. So um, even there's sixes out there. So you might want to get on this before it potentially goes to six and a half, because that's where I would have to spread. Now, if it is at six and a half, uh, then I would like um totals at 48 and a half 49 i'd probably play lean the under instead if the spread does get to six and a half but if it stays at five and a half or even six i like the detroit lions uh my bet last week in the rams wasn't just on the rams me uh expecting uh better things from them than a lot of other people a big portion of that was as well that i was not high on the seahawks and they kind of proved me to be right geno smith did not really play well um even though they have some all-star receivers couldn't get it done um, and I will take the Lions coming off a little bit of a mini bye week. I was also impressed uh, by the Lions defense. Lions defense was the worst in the NFL last year. They're not going to be the worst this year. Obviously much better. Now they did play against a Travis Kelsey-less 
Kansas City Chiefs, but still, I generally liked what I saw from the Lions' defense. Aiden Hutchinson is a beast. Their defensive backs are improved. I think they're now going to be an average to below average defense, which doesn't sound great, but that's much improved from being the worst defense. So I like the I like the uh, I like the Lions here. I think they uh, go two and zero to start the season. I'll take a minus five and a half. I got it at minus one hundred eight. Once again, all these bets are tracked on BetStamp. When I lock in the bet, I click uh, I submit it to BetStamp. Um, so you can see my bets after the fact there, but they are, are all verified by BetStamp. So third-party app, I'm not making up these lines because sometimes you're going to see lines going to be a little bit different. Even by the time you listen to it, if you listen to it on Tuesday morning, lines might be slightly different than what I locked them in at on Monday night. Uh, moving on to game three, it is the Chargers and the Titans. And I will take the Chargers minus three, minus 110 in this one. Once again, just sticking to some preseason evaluations. That's the thing with week two and probably even week three a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to say anything too, too unique for the most part. It's going to be a lot of repeated things that I said heading into week one. Uh, I'm not high on the Titans whatsoever, even though they covered in week one against the Saints. Their defense, terrible performance. Uh, they let the Saints get 5.5 yards per play in week one. I thought the Saints kind of deserved to cover in that game. I thought the Titans were kind of lucky to be even in it. Um, now the Chargers did get their defense got exposed by the Dolphins, but we're talking about we can't bet against the Chargers and expect their defense to be as bad as they were in Week One. They're going from facing the Dolphins, who have, I think, one of the best offenses in the NFL, to uh, Ryan Tannehill, who PFF ranked Ryan Tannehill as the 26th ranked quarterback in Week One. Uh, that was before Monday Night Football. I don't see the rankings from Monday Night Football, so. Heading into Monday Night Football, Ryan Tannehill was a 26th-ranked quarterback. Of all these starting NFL Week 1 quarterbacks, ugly performance by him. As long as the Chargers can slow down the Titans' run game, I think they can win and cover in this game. So I'll take the Chargers, minus 3, minus 110 against the Titans. Jaguars, Chiefs, sneakily one of the best games um, of the week. Now, this game, as of Monday morning, was 2.5-point spread in favor of the Chiefs. Uh, as of when I locked in the, my bet here tonight on Monday night, it moved to 3. So with it moving to the magic number of 3, I will take that with the Jacksonville Jaguars at home, plus 3, minus 110. Uh, I thought the Jaguars played a lot better against the Colts than the final score indicated. Uh, net yards per play, their mark was plus 0.9, one of the better marks in Week 1. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was the third highest ranked quarterback according to PFF.com. Only um, Matt Stafford and Tua Tagovailoa were ranked higher than Trevor Lawrence. That adds up with my preseason expectations of the Jaguars, so we're checking both boxes there. Uh, I have high expectations for the Jaguars heading into the season. They delivered in week one. Uh, now they're getting three points at home to the Chiefs. Now, obviously, we don't. I think this line, based on this line, Travis Kelsey is going to play. Um, if he gets ruled out this game, then we're going to be sitting pretty with the three-point spread because it's probably going to move down pretty close to a pick -em. Probably Chiefs minus one, minus one and a half based on how the line moved uh, against the Lions last week when Kelsey was ruled out. But even if, even if he plays, the Chiefs got to figure something out with the wide-open uh, position because Kadarius Toney was absolutely abysmal uh, last week. I don't think I've ever seen a game... Uh, as bad of a game by one receiver before, because not only was he dropping passes, uh, he had dropped a pass and basically handed it right to the Lions for pick six. So he gave the Lions points, and uh, wasn't just him either. Jarek McKinnon, I think it was, dropped uh, what would have been a pivotal first down in the red zone against the Lions. Uh, Sky Moore, I didn't think, looked good out there. 
Um, so that's that's going to be something to watch with the Chiefs this year. Now, they had a similar receiving core last year and still went on to win the Super Bowl, but they, they got to fix some things for sure. Uh, so, like I said, I was high on the Jaguars heading into the season. Week one, uh, they had a very good performance. I'll take the three points at home. Uh, moving on to my Dirty Birds, who are 1-0. Uh, now, my Falcons, I know a lot of people out there, they're trashing Desmond Ritter. I don't think that's warranted. Um, I think this is exactly what I said the Falcons are going to do this year, and do Desmond Ritter kind of did what they're going to expect him to do all year, and that's not give the game away. Be a game manager, because he actually had a pretty high completion percentage. Um, I thought I had it written down here in my notes. I don't see it, but he completed uh, most of his passes, but they just weren't for very many yards. Uh, now, I actually, I will admit, I wasn't able to actually watch the Falcons game on Sunday because uh, I haven't yet signed up for NFL Sunday ticket. Um, I did watch Red Zone. Uh, this is an Odomark game for me, obviously, so I wasn't actually able to watch it outside of what I saw in Red Zone. I will next week. I will be able to watch the game next week against the Packers. Um, but Desmond Ritter completed 83.3% of passes, 115 yards for one touchdown. But that's what that, that's what the Falcons are going to ask uh, him to do because they're going to be a run-first team, and their running backs, Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson, look fantastic. Their defense... Not great, but a pretty, pretty solid outing by their defense as well. Uh, Bryce Young had a terrible game. So I'm actually encouraged by what I've seen uh, from the Falcons in week one. I know Drake London got zero catches. I think Kyle Pitts only had one, maybe two catches. So they are basically invisible. They'll get better as the season goes on, though. I think this offense will only get better. Uh, And then the Packers, uh, by the way, I'm taking the Falcons. Plus 106 on the money line. The Packers, yes. Um, blew out the Chicago Bears, but I actually thought that was more of an indication of a bad game from a bad Bears team than it was necessarily me being impressed um, by the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love threw for 245 yards and three touchdowns, but he was kind of the complete opposite of Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter, not many yards, but a high completion percentage. Jordan Love threw for 245 yards, but only completed just over 50, 50% of his passes. And he graded just the 19th quarterback by PFF uh, for week one. So I'm not overreacting to the Packers win over the Bears. Some people now all of a sudden think they're contenders in the NFC. I don't think they are. I think they will show more of their true colors now against a tougher test in Atlanta. Um, Also, don't forget, uh, the Packers cannot stop the run. One of the worst run defenses last year, 28th in opponent yards per carry last year. They let the Bears average 4.2 yards per rush against them this past week, and now they have to take on a Falcons team who, as we know, as we've seen, as I've said, is going to be one of, if not the single best rushing team in the NFL in 2023. So I think the Falcons run the ball all over them. I think Jordan Love has issues with this Falcons defense, and I will take my Dirty Birds plus 106 against the Packers. Uh, Moving on to an AFC North matchup. It is the Ravens and Bengals, and I will take uh, the Ravens. This is going to be one of my best bets of the week. Ravens plus 3.5, minus 110. The Ravens, uh, two things I've said about both these teams heading into this year. Uh, I said the Ravens were going to win the AFC North. That was my AFC North prediction. And I said the Bengals were going to get off to a slow start, especially offensively, mostly because Joe Burrow, as we saw last year when he missed the preseason due to uh, appendicitis, um, 
gets off to a slow start if he doesn't play in any preseason games. He's a guy who kind of needs a little bit of time to get going. And boy, oh boy, was that a bad start in week one this year after missing uh, preseason due to the calf strain. So until I've seen the Bengals offense turn things around, I will bet against them this week and maybe even next week as well. And the Ravens, um, not really, kind of tough to take too much away from them because they did what they were supposed to do against a really bad Texans team. Um, but I'm surprised that this spread is available over three and a half points. Uh, I would have expected this to be like a two and a half point spread under the magic number of three. I set the Bengals personally as a one and a half point favorite, probably at home. It's all the way up at three and a half. Love, love, love the Ravens plus three and a half. I did consider making them my upset pick. Unfortunately, I do have a couple of money line underdog picks. None of them are big odds, though, um, all less than two to one. So I apologize. I considered making the Ravens my upset pick. But I just love it so much getting the three and a half points that I'm just going to take I'm just going to take the points. So Ravens plus three and a half minus 110 against the Bengals. Uh, moving on, I'm going to take a lot of three, a lot of small spreads this week. I will take the Bears plus three minus 110 against the Buccaneers. Uh, a general strategy I have when two terrible teams face off against each other is to take the team getting points if they're getting a field goal or more. That's the case in this scenario. I think these are two of the worst teams in the NFL, even though I am generally higher on the Bucs than a lot of people. Um, but actually, even though the Bucs upset the Vikings in week one, actually, if I were to take anything away from that performance is that they actually got significantly outplayed. As I talked about earlier when I was talking about the Vikings, uh, Bucks minus 2.3 net yards per play against the Vikings. One of the worst in the NFL in week one. Um, so not good. Uh, Bears not good either. Minus 1.1 net yards per play against the Packers. So we got a couple of bad teams. Let's take the field goal worth of points and see if Justin Fields can stir something up and uh, at least keep it close here against this Buccaneers team. Don't really have too much more to say about this game. Um, we'll get a better better feel for just how bad both these teams are as the season goes on. But I, I will say, um, and maybe I'll look stupid, maybe the Bears will bounce back and end up being a playoff team. But one weekend of the season, my 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 prediction of the Bears sucking is, is proving to be correct. Uh, the amount of people who thought DJ, just because they signed DJ Moore, they're going to be a contender this year. Justin Fields, at a lot of sports books, had the most money of all players bet on him to win NFL MVP. He, Justin Fields sucks. He's not a good quarterback. People think, yes, can he run the football? Yes. Is Does he have a few electrifying highlights? Absolutely. But you have to be able to throw the ball at least a little bit at the NFL level to be a good quarterback, and he just can't throw the ball. Completed 64% of passes, 216 yards, one touchdown, one interception. You can't say he doesn't have weapons anymore because y'all are talking about how great he's going to be now that he has DJ Moore. So now you can't go back on that. You can't use that excuse anymore because he already said that DJ Moore was going to make him a better quarterback. He stinks. He's not good. The Bears will be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, they have the Panthers' first-round pick as well, so if one of those two teams finish last, which is a high possibility, uh, they'll take Caleb Williams and the Justin Fields era in Chicago will be over. Sorry. It is what it is. Um, moving on to the Raiders-Bills. Now, I bet this game before the game started because I just absolutely... Generally, for Monday night, just to be fair, I would like to wait until after the game to lock in my bet just in case something crazy like happens like it did tonight with Jets uh, Cowboy or with Jets um, uh, Bills. 
But I love this line on the Raiders so much I did bet it beforehand. So I do apologize because this line has moved. But I did uh, take Raiders plus 10, minus 110 against the Bills. It has since moved to uh, 9 uh, point spread, um, at least at DraftKings, which is the book that I'm looking at right now. Let me see if I can find, uh, see if other books add up with that as well. Um, I don't think it's posted anywhere else, but I will say I still like the Raiders at nine. Um, I like the Raiders at eight and a half or more. So as long as it stays at the number of nine, if it dips down below eight and a half, then I would rather bet on, uh, the under 48. Um, but with the spread still at nine, I like that. I personally got it at plus 10. Um, and this is not just because I'm not low on the bills, because um, actually I locked this in before the disastrous performance by them on Monday Night Football. This is actually more than that, a bet on the Raiders. A lot of people thought the Raiders were going to be a bottom five team in the NFL. I don't think they will be. I don't think they're a playoff team. Um, but I'm higher on the Raiders than most people. So I'm just sticking with that preseason evaluation. And I'm a Jimmy Garoppolo defender, always have been. He looked very good in week one against the Broncos, or at least good. Maybe not very good, but he looked good. Uh, they pulled off the upset win. Their defense actually was pretty solid as well. Now that was going up against Russell Wilson, so we still see if that holds up against the Bills. Um, but I think I thought 10 points is crazy. I thought 9. Obviously, I don't love it as much as 10, but I still think 9 is too many points. I think the Bills win the game. I think the Raiders can surprise people and stay in this one a bit. So I'll take uh, Raiders plus 10, still like it at plus 9. Uh, moving on to uh, my a total bet here. Um, did go 2-0 in totals in week 1, um, which is surprising because I'm usually not really good at totals. But I got, I think, two totals bets again this week. And the first one I'm doing is over 40, minus 105 between the Colts and the Texans. Two terrible, terrible teams, um, but neither of them are getting three points, so I don't, don't really want to bet on a spread on either team. Two rookie quarterbacks who had very average performances in week one, so I don't really know what to take away with that, so I'm just going to sit back and root for points. I'm going to try to keep it as easy as possible. Let's root for points. Um, I know neither offense looked good in week one, but both of them will now be playing a much weaker defense in week two. Um, Colts defense definitely worse than the Ravens defense for CJ Stroud and the Texans defense is definitely worse uh, than the Jaguars defense for Anthony Richardson. So I'm going to hope that the rookie quarterbacks show up in this one, score some points. I'll take the over. I have nothing else to say about just this toilet bowl um, of a game. Uh, now the next one is me really sticking my money where my mouth is here with the whole underreact thing. And I know I said I wasn't going to forgive the Giants, but at the end of the day, I got to bet with my brain. This is the underreact of the century. I will take the Giants minus four, minus 110 against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I am both underreacting to the Cardinals covering and giving the Commanders a run for their money. I'm also underreacting to the Giants coming off the worst ass-kicking in NFL history, arguably. Um, I already ranted about the Giants game. I won't rant about them anymore, but I... Actually, one thing I did mention is that I joined um, Twitter Space. One of my favorite things to do is go on Twitter Spaces of fans of teams after tough losses in sports. Um, I listen to some Giants Twitter Spaces um, Monday night. Um, I spoke one that was uh, in one that was being hosted by John Jastrzemski. Uh, he muted me very quickly. Unfortunately, I, I don't know why. I thought 
Um, I was going to come up, I was going to end, uh, my, uh, my little rant with some hot takes, but I was easing my way into it before I could even get to, to some hot takes and muted me. So, um, but that's how I spent my night after the game last night. I, I thought that was pretty fun. Um, and a lot of Giants fans were completely overreacting to the loss. Was the loss completely ugly? Yes. Was it one of the worst ass kickings of all time? Yes. But it was one game and that game, everything went Everything that could have gone bad in that game went bad. I don't think that's an indication of how the Giants season is going to go. I don't expect them to lose 40-0 again this season. Uh, that was from the blocked field goal to the like dropped interception fumble thing by Barkley to the pouring rain to being booed by your fans to the offensive line. I don't know what they were doing. It, just, it was a terrible display. Now, luckily, they get to take on the worst team in the NFL and the Cardinals. I think they come out hot. I think they bounce back. And I think they calm down their fans a little bit here with a win. So I'll take the Giants minus four. The Cardinals, uh, even though they covered against the Commanders, I didn't think they looked great. I thought that was more of an indication of the Commanders being bad, which is kind of why I bet on the Commanders. Um, or sorry, on the Cardinals. This one, talent-wise, skill-wise, I think the Giants are just the much better team. So I'll take Giants minus four in the underreaction of the century against the Cardinals. Uh, and I think that does it with the early afternoon games. Ooh, that was already a late afternoon one. So I was supposed to take a break before that one, but here we are. Um, I will be right back with my picks, the rest of my picks for NFL week two. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, let's keep it moving with the rest of the late afternoon games and then the Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football games for NFL Week 2. We're going to start here with the Rams and the 49ers, um, and I will take the Rams. I got them at plus 8.5 in this spot. Uh, it has already. I bet this three, four hours ago, and it's already down to 8. I don't know if there are. Let me see if I can find out if there's any 8.5s left. Um, Rams, Rams, Rams. No, it's even down to seven and a half at some places. Uh, so if you want to back the Rams, I would do this sooner rather than later. Um, oh, it looks like BetMGM still has an eight and a half. Now, if you're going to listen to this Wednesday morning, it might be gone already. Um, that might be even actually where I bet it. Let me see if I can verify. Uh, I bet the Rams at eight and a half at BetMGM. So they're the only book that has eight and a half. Uh, if you're listening to this early Wednesday, try to run to BetMGM to bet eight and a half or try to find an eight and a half somewhere else. I'm going to assume that they will follow suit with the rest of the books and move it down to eight. And it might even get to seven and a half based on some early 
uh, some early looks here at some other books. Some offshore books already have it down to 7.5. Like the Rams in this spot. I know the 49ers were one of the most impressive teams in week one. I unfortunately bet against them on the Steelers. I think I overthought that game a little bit. Um, but this is this is a bet on, on the Rams. Because once again, my preseason evaluation was that the Rams were actually going to be a solid football team. And they looked solid in week one. So check, check. Um, Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua. Uh, fill in the shoes of Cooper Cup. Both had fantastic games. Unfortunately, for most of my fantasy leagues, I drafted Van Jefferson, but I do have some Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua um, stock as well in a couple leagues. So I hope they keep it up. Uh, Matt Stafford, people forgot that he's actually a really good quarterback, I guess, now that he's especially healthy. Because I remember even in week one last year against the Bills, I remember Stafford, like, his arm or elbow didn't look good in week one immediately. So, um now he looks to be fully healthy, completed 24 of 38 passes, 334 yards. This Rams team, not going to be a Super Bowl contender, but they're going to they're gonna be a sneakily good team this year, I think. Um, eight and a half, too many points, I think, especially with the Rams at home. Eight and a half points spread at home? I will take that, even though I know how good the 49ers looked against the Steelers in week one. So give me Rams plus eight and a half in that one. Next one, we got Jets, Cowboys. Luckily, I did not bet this uh, before... Monday Night Football, um, because the spread was three and a half in favor of the Cowboys. I didn't really know what way I wanted to go with it at three and a half. Rodgers obviously hurt. That line is now ballooned all the way up to seven and a half. So a four-point swing, including crossing the key number of seven with the Jets going from Rodgers to Wilson. I think that is an overreaction. I would set the Cowboys as six and a half point favorites. It is seven and a half, so I will take the Jets. Mr. Underreaction is striking again. I will take the Jets plus seven and a half. The Zach Wilson-led Jets. Now, I will say, though, let's not forget. Let's let's not get too caught up in the quarterback situation. The New York Jets have a top three defense in the NFL. I think they were top two defense last year. Top three. You, you want to go 49ers and Eagles, one, two. Then the Jets were three. So just based on defense alone, I think they can keep this within a touchdown against the Jets. This is also underreacting to the Cowboys win over the Giants. I already talked about it when talking with the Giants, but that game was a weird game that I kind of just want to, unless the Cowboys go on and win 40 nothing for several straight weeks now and just dominate everyone, I kind of just want to wipe that, brain, that game from my memory because um, that was just a weird game. Pouring rain. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for the Giants. I don't want to now bet on the the Cowboys based on week one. So I think the Jets, even though Zach Wilson did not really play great when he came in for the Jets, uh, based on their defense alone, pretty much, I will take the Jets plus seven and a half. Also, I bet on that immediately right after it was re-released at the end of Monday Night Football. I don't know if this line's going to shift. Let me see if it's shifted already. Uh, no, still at seven and a half. Um, so usually if there's going to be any significant swings, they're going to happen quick. It's been probably close to an hour now since the line has been released. It's still at seven and a half. So it might just stay there. So I'll take jets plus seven and a half. If it dips below seven and a half, if it goes back to like six and a half, uh, what's the total at now? I'd probably like the under, cause I think the defense is the strength of both teams. 42 is now the total. I would take the under if it dips, if it goes to six and a half, um, then I would take the under. If it goes to five and a half, then I would take the Cowboys is how I'm kind of looking at this Jets-Cowboys game because I set the Cowboys as six and a half point favorites. Um, all right. 
that is that game. We're going to move on to my second total bet of the game, uh, the or total bet of the week. The first one was an over bet. This one I'm going under. I'm going to go Commanders Broncos under 39. The spread for this game is set at three and a half points, and that's exactly what I would set the spread at for this game in favor of the Broncos. So because of that, I'm instead going to look to the total, and I'm going to bet the under because defense is the strength of both teams. Even though the Commanders barely scraped by the Cardinals in Week One, um, they were their offense was bad, just 3.8 yards per play, sixth fewest amongst all teams. And now they play a much better Broncos defense at Mile High Stadium. So I don't think their offense is now going to look better than they did in week one against the Cardinals. And of course, the Broncos defense is much better than their offense. Russell Wilson looked better than he did last year in week one. But also that was against a Raiders defense that's supposedly really bad. So what was that? Was that the Raiders defense is better than people expected or Russell Wilson still maybe sucks? I don't know. So I'll take the under. I'll take the under 39 minus 110 in that one. Dolphins Patriots easy one don't hesitate for this one Dolphins minus two I got a minus 115 because a lot of two and a halfs out there um I'll take the flat two I got a minus 115 at FanDuel um anything under a field goal I'm hammering the Dolphins well not hammering because everything's gonna be one unit play for me but easy bet not high on the Patriots whatsoever I think they're gonna stink this year I was actually kind of surprised that they actually did fairly decent against the Eagles um, they do not have the offensive weapons to keep up with Tua and Tyreek Hill and the, and the rest of the Dolphins offense. So is this a trap line? No, because trap lines don't exist. Sportsbooks don't set odds, forcing action on one side and hoping that they're right. That's not the way things work. But sometimes, uh, so it's not a trap. It is maybe an obvious bet, but sometimes the obvious, sometimes the obvious bet, the square bet is a correct bet. And that's what I think is the case here. Dolphins minus two, minus 115. <clears throat> Moving on to Monday night, we've got a Monday night football doubleheader. Uh, and I'm glad that there are two games on Monday night football because I don't really want to watch a lot of the first one. So I will watch the first one for an hour and then switch over to the second one when it comes on because the first one is a couple of my least favorite teams in the NFL. It is the Saints against the Panthers. I will take the Saints though, minus three. Minus 110, the Saints team picking up right where they left off, where they're doing pretty well statistically, but they kind of shot themselves in the foot in week one against the Titans with some bad, untimely turnovers and penalties. But still, plus 0.7 net yards per play, so a pretty strong performance by them. Um, Bryce Young was terrible in week one against the Falcons. The worst-rated quarterback by PFF in week one was Bryce Young. Just completed 20 of 38 passes, 146 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Things aren't going to get any easier against the Saints. Um, and I think Derek Carr and the Saints offense is going to get better as Derek Carr starts to learn the system a little bit more and gets a little bit more chemistry with his receiver. So I'll take Saints minus three, minus 110 against the Carolina Panthers. And then finally, it is, I, I guess I'm taking two money line upsets of the week if you count the Falcons plus 106. Um, I'm also going to take the Steelers plus 110. I'm sorry, I, I tried to find a big uh, underdog that I liked outright. It's not a good week if you want a big, juicy Moneyline underdog because most spreads are three or fewer points. Um, and then the few big underdogs, I don't have any desire. Like, I'm, I'm not going to take the Rams to completely outright beat the 49ers. Um, what else is a big spread? I'm not going to take the Raiders to outright beat the Bills. And then that's basically all, the only big underdogs out there. So... My rule was that I need at least one plus money underdog bet a week. I do have two. They are they're not the most sexiest underdogs, but they are what they are. 
I do like the Steelers plus 110. Uh, apologies, I just burped into the microphone. Deal with it. Uh, Steelers plus 110 uh, against the Browns. Um, not overreacting to the Steelers' bad performance against the 49ers. I just think it was a bad game for them. I think the 49ers played extremely good football. And I'm also not going to overreact to the Browns beating the Bengals. Like I said, motto of the week, underreact, underreact, underreact. Yes, the Browns won pretty handedly. But Deshaun Watson still completed just 55.2% of passes, 154 yards, one touchdown, one interception. You can't continue to win games with that bad of quarterback play. That's going to come back to haunt them eventually. And I don't, I mean, maybe the Browns defense is a top five defense. Or maybe just Joe Burrow sucks at the start of the season when he doesn't play in the preseason. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I'm more leaning to uh, the latter. So I will take the Steelers money line plus 110 to wrap up week two of the NFL season. So I'll just quickly go ahead and recap all those picks. Um, we got Vikings plus seven minus 110 against the Eagles Lions minus five and a half minus 108 against the Seahawks Chargers minus three minus 110 against the Titans Jaguars plus three minus 110 against the Chiefs Falcons plus 106 against the Packers Ravens plus three and a half minus 110 against the Bengals Bears plus three minus 110 against the Buccaneers Raiders plus 10 minus 110 against the Bills Colts Texans over 40 minus 105 Giants minus four minus 110 against the Cardinals Rams plus eight and a half minus 110 against the 49ers Jets plus seven and a half Ooh, I didn't uh, put in the juice here um, I believe that's just minus 110 as well let me verify yes that is uh, Jets plus seven and a half minus 110 against the Cowboys uh commanders broncos under 39 minus 110 dolphins minus 2 minus 115 against the patriots saints minus 3 minus 110 against the panthers and steelers plus 110 on the money line to upset the cleveland browns um week two for best bets ravens plus three and a half colts texans over 40 giants minus four dolphins minus two and steelers plus two once again, my five best bets, Ravens, Colts, Texans over, Giants, Dolphins, and Steelers. My teaser of the week, we're going with an underdog teaser. We're going to take the Falcons from plus one and a half up to plus seven and a half, and we're taking the Texans plus seven or plus one and a half to plus seven and a half. So same line for both teams. You cross both the key numbers of three and seven. So the Falcons plus seven and, five, seven and a half against the Packers, Texans plus seven and a half against the Colts. That's my teaser of the week. Survivor pool. Um, I'm, I have two different options. I reserve the right to switch at any point right now. Um, I think I'm just going to take uh, what should be an easy win, even though I'm on the Raiders plus nine. I'm going to take the Bills and Survivor, I think. Um, not a lot of really easy games for the Bills this season. If you look at the Bills schedule, uh, moving forward, uh, you got to take them this week against the Raiders. You could take them next week on the road against the Commanders. After that, uh, a couple games against the Patriots, you could take them, uh, and that's just about it. At home to the Broncos, maybe. Um, but not. Bills have a relatively tough schedule this year, so really only limited options to take them. Um, or I might just take the Giants against the Cardinals because the Giants another team, not a lot of situations I want to take the Giants. Right now I have the Bills locked in, 
I might switch that to the Giants. I don't think they're going to lose to the Cardinals. I'm going to underreact to that week one game. So right now, Bills. If I don't go Bills, I'm going to go Giants. Um, I've entered three entries into the survivor pool for Joe Ostrowski. Um, that's the max entries you can do for a survivor pool. One was my entry, which last week I took the Ravens. Uh, my girlfriend wanted her own entry. She took the Vikings. She lost, unfortunately. Um, and then we are doing a joint one where we are both um, making the decision. Last week we took Saints, that one. Don't know, haven't talked to her what she wants to do for week two. Um, but for mine, mine where I get the sole power of it, I'm going to take the Bills or the Giants, haven't decided. Whatever one I don't go with, I'll try to convince my girlfriend to make that our joint pick. But her Vikings pick lost. I feel bad. I'll probably let her make the final call. So there you have it. This has been the NFL Week 2 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Let's keep the ball rolling. Um, I keep meaning to mention at the start of the episode and never do, but please subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. This is, uh, I don't ask for money for this content. Um, I don't want you to send me tips if you win bets. All I ask you is to subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave a comment on the video with your best bets, and then rate and review the audio version of the podcast. That helps us out a great deal. Uh, and I would appreciate it. Best of luck with all your bets this week. Gambler bless. I'll be back next week for NFL week three. This has been the road to 272 bets. I'll talk to you later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.